Everybody, welcome back. This is episode 14 of the Nonsense Podcast. Today we're joined by a very special guest. This is Kyle Starchild Fisher. He plays drums in a fantastic band called The Dirty Nil. The Dirty Nil, as you know, are my favorite band. If you listen to any of these episodes, their name has been mentioned many times. Shout out to their publicist. He helped coordinate all this, and it was a very seamless process. We had a lot of fun having Kyle on. And he shared a bunch of his favorite stories. And I was able to share some of mine of seeing these guys and, you know, how our paths have crossed a few times. Um, also, just wanted to shout out that Dirty Nil have a single coming up today on June 17th. It's called Done With Drugs. It's going to be streaming everywhere. Listen to it. It's going to be an amazing song. As soon as you're done listening to this interview, I strongly suggest you go stream that song because it is a banger. So everybody, enjoy the interview, and we'll see you next week. I know you guys have a lot of exciting stuff coming up, so just want to see if you could touch on that. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy cool. to talk about that. Yeah, so the main reason I wanted you on, especially like today, was that I know you guys have your new single, Done With Drugs, coming out. Yeah. Um, from the clip that I've seen, you know, that 30-second clip online, it's a very catchy song. Um, there's definitely no pulling punches. It sounds like a very powerful song. I'm expecting it to blow up, I'm sure. Um, yeah, just walk us through, like, you know, um, is this just going to be a standalone single? Will it be a part of the new album that's coming up? Uh, yeah. Th well, thanks, Aaron, for the kind words. I mean, of it's great to know people are that excited off, like, a little <laughs> teaser clip. Yeah. But um, I don't... Uh, Album details are pretty light right now because we're just kind of rolling with what's happening in the world uh, slowly but surely. Uh, I don't e I don't even know for sure if this one will be on the record or not. Uh, we haven't talked about that because it's still being uh, finished. Uh, oh, wow. But uh, we got really lucky. It was weird. So we started recording uh, like mid March, like March tenth. We were. Pre in pre-pro with John Goodmanson, who's uh, who produced the last record, Master Volume, and he's from Seattle, and he does uh, work with like his repertoire is huge. He did like Blood Brothers and Slater Kinney, and uh, in that kind of world on the West Coast. Yeah, I heard his interview with Luke uh, mm -hmm. for your podcast, Born to Roam, and <laughs> that guy's been around for so long, and he has he had incredible stories, and you know like. He definitely had a lot more in his back pocket, but oh, he's got stories just for the days. time. Yeah, he's uh, and he's the best. He's so like recording with John is the easiest thing in the world. He's he's super relaxed. He kind of doesn't uh, waste any time, and he just makes it, things really easy. But uh, so yeah, we were when we were starting that, we were getting in the studio, and and the whole COVID thing was like ramping up. And Seattle was the first epicenter in the U.S., so he was like checking oh, in all God. the time. And then we were like, oh. And then he's like, am I going to be able to get home? So uh, <laughs> we ended up having to, uh, he had to go home early. So we had to figure out uh, a safe and uh, doable way to finish the record, which was just vocals, really, and some extra guitar work. Because Luke, then they were going to shut the studio down because it was really, lockdown was happening here. So Luke actually did the guitar in two days for the most part. Wow, <laughs> which was a lot. I think he did almost twenty six hours straight. Oh my god, which was insane. Yeah. Like he was, 
he was just like a shell of a person when he came <laughs> home from finishing that. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to like at least get the time in with John and get it done because we didn't want to uh, wait or postpone because like you're like so fired up on the idea and then it's like everything dies. <laughs> With we this, ran into but, uh, like a similar thing with that. We hit the studio like literally the week end that New York announced like it's lockdown for two days. It's mm-hmm. probably around the same time you guys, I think. Yeah, were, yeah second week of March. Yeah, no, like, we, we we have to go back to... and like finish something, and we just can't. We have to wait so long. That sucks. There's no way you guys can do it like separately or. No, because like it's like different states too. So like there, it's, it's oh, just, yeah. we have to abide by like their like phases of reopening and this. And it's just it's definitely rough, and especially like being in New York, we had the highest number of cases right. plus deaths. So like anywhere from New York going anywhere else, you might as well have like a uh, like a black mark on you. People are like, no, nah, I don't come near me. Right, right, right. But most of, is most of that like in like Manhattan and New York City. Yeah, it's about. Like, we're about like two, maybe two hours north of New York City, mm-hmm. so like we're close enough. There, people are like, eh, right, but right, yeah. I was well, actually, I was in the city. Um, I I work there, and um, I actually ended up. You know, we went up to Rhode Island to record, and then that was the weekend that they were like, hey, um, yeah, we're closing the office. You guys have to work from home and everything. So, it ended up like working out because I was like, well, there's no pressure to go back now it's just you know (laughs) we record and then we'll figure out what happens the government tells us what to do now (laughs) yeah exactly i mean we're in the same boat here but but on a lighter note um so when did you guys get around to recording done with drugs and even doing the music video too which looks impressive in and of itself um well so we recorded that and went through the songs and then there was a lot of strong uh, response from the radio team that we work with in the U.S. Uh, who were leaning towards that song. Like, they thought if we could get it out quick, they could probably make a move on radio just because right now there's a lot of less stuff coming out. So we were, so we just ended up, like, getting that done first and then just, like, pushing it through ahead of everything. So that got done pretty quick, and then we came up with kind of a plan to do a music video... Uh, that could be like safe and socially distanced with very limited people because we're allowed gatherings of like five yeah so uh basically this band billy talent from canada great oh love them yeah yeah so they're the company that does their lights and who we know uh they're based in stony creek which is part of hamilton it's just like 30 minutes down the road there's their main warehouse is there and it's pretty big and they had all their lighting gear set up for Billy Talent's tour, but they can't go on tour. So they just said we could use it if we wanted. Oh, wow. So then we went. It was like the three of us and the, our two friends who do all of our, our videos shooting. And then the lighting techs were just in a different room. running. That's amazing. Just, just like running the lights. When, so when did you record that? Like April, May? Um, the video? Yeah. I can't remember now. <laughs> I think it was April. That's pretty impressive. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, we moved pretty fast. Like we have this uh, strange ability. Like for if things happen, I find that we've always been able to just make a plan really quick and follow through and get something done. 
uh, whenever there was like a big obstacle in the way. So, yeah, that was one of the points I wanted to bring up was that there was really no, I guess, like fall off for you guys. It didn't seem like, I mean, obviously, besides the whole touring aspect of everything, mm-hmm. you guys have continued to push content and you've done your live streams. Um, yeah, speaking of which, you guys just did one on what was it, The Verge this weekend? Yeah, last night. Yeah, how was that? That was a lot of fun. It was a little nerve wracking because we didn't, our jam space is located in like an apartment building kind of in the basement because it's a, there's a record label here that does a big festival and they own a venue on the main floor of the building and a few rooms in the basement that some bands rent out to rehearse in. So our space is there, but because of all this, we didn't want to go there and be in that elevator that a bunch of people use. Yeah. So I haven't, none of us have been there or played together for like three months. So this last week we got together and just practiced as much as we could. So, and we decided to just play mostly stuff off the new record. So uh, it was a little nerve wracking to play all that stuff that we like got to practice four times. Yeah. yeah. But it, from what people have said, it's sounded good and, and I think we played well. It was just funny to do it. No, knowing that it was live and that people are listening, but no one is there. Right. Because we did it in the Phoenix, which is like a 1,400 cap room in Toronto. Oh, wow. But yeah, you guys, I've been extremely impressed. And I think a lot of bands should, you know, take note of that. Of like, yeah, this is a very shitty situation. And it's beyond what I think anybody could have really expected especially when it comes to like impacting the entertainment industry. But, you know, there are ways around it. There's ways to, I guess, safely come together and meet up and, you know, continue uh, entertaining your fans, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to say, you guys have done an excellent job at. Well, thanks. Well, we also have the added benefit of of all living in the same house together. (laughs) So it makes things a little easier. We can kind of do anything uh, within reason, of course. But... uh, but yeah, thank you. We just, I don't know. I always take situations and just be like, okay, you get creative with it and you try to problem solve and, and make sure you can keep doing what it is that you do. Yeah, even with, um, I think one of the funniest things you guys did was the uh, paint night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that was great. This is new, uh, what he started doing uh, in the new year. Watercolors. <laughs> yeah. But it's been fun. It seemed like you guys had a, pretty significant audience for that yeah uh, i mean it was all right yeah, I yeah. Think it, was like, <laughs> it would be like maybe 300 people oh my god which might be good for a live stream i don't actually know because i don't i don't really watch any of that. do you guys watch any like that often we did yeah. one the other night like an acoustic one and i think we had like four viewers <laughs> we didn't have really anybody yeah i mean it's tough there's so you know, many it wasn't like a personal it was just some random guys like hey do you want to be on this i'm like yeah, all right, we'll do it. Yeah. But, but it's hard to get like I mean, now that it's been a long time too, it's like I think it loses a bit of steam. At first I know like people were doing it. It was like crazy. Like I watched I uh hit the lights did like a live one on their thing. And mm-hmm. uh they had it was just him in his room doing like really old stuff on the acoustic and he had like hundred and thirty viewers in and out. But like other than that, like most of the ones I've chimed into there's like maybe 20 people is the biggest one i've seen outside of that yeah i mean we did uh i did like this hot wing this guy uh in uh in a city nearby london ontario 
is kind of doing like a hot ones knockoff, but uh, to raise money for local businesses, father shut down. So I, I did it and it was me and a bunch of drummers and Canadian bands, which was really fun because uh, I haven't seen a lot of those guys in a while, but I have no idea how many people watch that. <laughs> How'd you fare on that? Are you a big like hot wings guy or not really? No, but um, <laughs> pretty, pretty well. Like it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was definitely like, oh, fuck. Because there's a, they do have a few of the sauces that are on that Hot One show all the time, like that De Bomb sauce and that one. Yeah. Uh, that one sucks. Don't, <laughs> just, it just hurts. There's no flavor. <laughs> I never understood that. Some people are just like, they're masochists. They, they enjoy the pain and you can't even taste it at a certain point. Like, yeah. all my other senses are dulled. I, I just feel I'll pain. Get, you can't even think. It's like you're doing that, <laughs> and they're asking you questions, and you're like, ah, I don't know what you said. Yeah, you're like, I'm not sure if we're going to be like able to drive profusely. <laughs> yeah, and, like, nothing helps. It hangs around. Like, I think I could feel it for at least 45 minutes after we were done. Milk and but bread. I, yeah, is that, bread, did that help? Did you try so that? I did, I did milk, and I had uh, whiskey, and then I realized I drank. I got very drunk. And I didn't realize until we were done. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was a time. So that was just a live stream, you said? Yeah, or... like everyone Zoom called in and then they exported out to Twitch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, think, like, I that wonder stuff, if it's though, up anywhere. What was that, Adam? I think like those live streams, though, definitely fare better than like just playing. Like it's sad. It's sad to say in a way because like it's like oh like I'm playing like songs like you can still tune in and watch, but like I feel like stuff like that like people. When they're sitting home watching like stuff on their phone, they have more of an attention span for something that's like, oh, they're doing, they're eating hot sauces and stuff like that. Like, oh man, I can't wait to see how he reacts and this yeah. kind of stuff like that. And people you might only know as as playing music and seeing them play music and not talking or doing anything else, right? Right. It's yeah. like it's it's like another insight. And it's like, wow, they're really funny. That makes me like them more, kind of deal. Yeah. Or I mean, I hope. I don't know. I don't know if I'm very funny. <laughs> I think, Adam, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, listen to uh, Kyle's interview. It's on the Born to Rome podcast. I was actually, I re-listened to it yesterday just to, like, get some ideas for today. And I was I was trying to work, but I couldn't. I was, I was laughing too hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even remember what I said. But I took that as my moment to, like, every once in a while, I, like, know when I can and cannot poke at Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... I think just a lot of the stories that he had from like when you guys were first starting out were it was pretty funny. Just, you know, the the trials and errors of uh, the Dirty Nil, you know, like 10 years ago or whatnot. Oh, yeah. The silliest things. I mean, I don't even know how we did it. I was talking with it with our one manager today because he had never heard um, because we have that raffle going for um, donation Black Lives Matter and uh one of the things you can win is the first EP that Luke and I ever made as a two-piece. I saw that. And uh, I don't know. It's like, it's weird to think that we made that. And then like two years later, we were on like fucking up young and other stuff. Yeah. Was that just you like guitar and drums and that was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We did it at uh, this kind of like <laughs> for-profit studio in town, but we didn't know anything because we were like 17 when... We played a show, and this guy's like, "Hey, I work in a record studio, and you or and you guys should like come record there." And we're like, "Well, this guy thinks we're good enough to record." 
we should go, I guess. But then you realize after that, they're just like, that's what they do to get like young bands in to pay like, yeah. like $2,000 to record. I mean, it wasn't bad. It sounds fine. The songs are okay. Did but, any of your songs eventually make it to like other albums or were they all just like scratched? Oh, no, those songs are all are all scratched <laughs> and gone. The only song that ever made it from in the early days was um, Caroline. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was on the second EP we ever did, which yeah, is the was, first EP with our original bass player, Dave. Was that your one of your first singles, or was that, that just ended um, up making an EP? No, because back then we just didn't know. Like We just were like, well, let's make a CD and put it out, and we just played in Hamilton and kind of Toronto, and we just didn't. We just did it slowly as we figured out how to do yeah. things. Like the first one we got made professionally in Toronto. The second one we literally like made the artwork, um, got them printed at Staples, cut out the artwork, glued it all together, and burnt CDs. That's awesome. That's so DIY. <laughs> yeah, because we, we didn't know what we were doing, but it was where, fun. Yeah, where did you guys play around Hamilton in the early days? Um, the first show, well, the first show we ever played as the Dirty Nil was with, was, did Jordan play? It was, I think it was like kind of a weird loose jam with the two, either the two of us or with my, mine and Luke's friend Jordan, who we grow, grew up with, who doesn't play music anymore now, but it was at a church hall. Nice. Because our friends band, they were called Negative Impulse, and they would do put shows on at the church hall in Dundas, and they would play like their original songs, and then like a bunch of covers. Sometimes the covers uh, without work, like just instrumental covers of like Rage Against <laughs> the Machine songs and stuff. So we we started doing that. Then our first show in Hamilton was at a venue called the Underground, which isn't around anymore, but has a really interesting history. Uh, because it was a really big club. There's a there's a story uh, where on the same bill, Alexis on Fire and Arcade Fire played. Um, what a random billing! It's because the they both had Fire in their name, and they weren't they weren't anywhere yet. Like they weren't really well known. So they it's both like got booked to play. It's even funnier too, because like I've seen Alexis on Fire. I'm like such smaller bills than like arcade fires like internationally known yeah right like now they're one of the biggest well-known indie bands in the world yeah but the only people that were in, in attendance was like um for like a uh like a group home for uh mentally disabled people uh where like the person who was running the home was looking to do an outing for them and i think it was a matinee show so she just called and said can i get like however many tickets and he was like sure and then they were the only people that were at the show that's insane so just like a really odd like almost sounds like like a david lynch type thing for some reason but, <laughs> yeah that sounds that's like a great way to explain that it sounds very david lynch <laughs> but uh so there's like that and then like a bunch a bunch of bands played there over over the years but then our, our next show the same guy owns a venue in town called the casbah uh, his name's Brody Schwindeman. So we 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 started like cutting our teeth at the Casbah because it used to have it only has one room now, but it used to have two. It used to have a a smaller like hundred cap, like like not really, but you could squeeze a hundred people or more in there room with a really small stage. So we started in there and then moved to the bigger room, which was only like 
240. And then uh, another venue that just closed, uh, the St. Hollywood, was a place that we played in the absinthe, stuff like that. What was your first show? And this could be, you know, anywhere across the globe where you were like, holy shit, like this is actually an option, you know, like we could make this into a, a career. I don't know. I think maybe the first sold out Toronto show we had, which was at the Silver Dollar. That was in 2014 when we put Smite out and we played at the Silver Dollar, which is also now. uh, That's been closed for a while. But uh, yeah, we sold that out and I was like, okay, I guess things are happening. But we've always just kind of had this like, don't care, like keep just keep playing shows and see what happens. Yeah. I noticed, way like, to be. yeah, no matter, you know, how big, I mean, you guys play massive festivals and, you know, you've headlined a tour already. And um, even with that, it's like, there's really no off days with you guys. You guys just will, will go play. And <laughs> I think actually um, one of the venues that it was, it was the strangest thing to me was seeing you guys and White Reaper in Felton, California. Oh, Felton yeah. Musical. That was I don't know what what kind of vibe do you get from that place? I thought it was kind of fun, but like it was very odd. It was really fun. It was just like something about that day felt weird. I think it's because we were in San Francisco the night before, and we had a lot of good friends there uh, who were actually like friends of ours from from here that moved out there to to work. But uh, we just hung out and party with them all night, and I was kind of hungover. But I went to the I went to the because we stayed in Santa Cruz, so we went to the boardwalk that day. But it was the off season, so it shut down, and I was just by myself taking photos and kind of hanging out. So it felt weird. And then Felton was just like such a quiet kind of nothing town, not in a bad way. I think it's beautiful, and I had a good time there. But I, I, we got to that show, and all of us were like, "Yeah, this is gonna probably suck," but it turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, I was like across the street before the show started because I ended up getting an Airbnb and I just I was just like I want to get one close enough to the venue, but it doesn't have to be like there. The only one like available was literally right around the corner. I walked to the venue, and I knew it was a small town when I was getting a burrito across the street. And Tony from White Reaper was walking out at the same time I was going in. Oh yeah, (laughs) I mean yeah, there wasn't much. Like I don't know. Did you go to that weird? Was it Mennonite? Like there was like a, like a, like an antique kind of like secondhand place. Down oh, the it was on that strip, right? Yeah, I walked by it and I was like, "Hmm, okay, right, right near a music venue." No, yeah. but I didn't go in. What was yeah. in there? Oh, not much. It was a lot of garbage. But it was definitely one of those places. Like if you found something really good, it would be a, you would have gotten it for a, a steal. I always go to those places and look for cameras, but. The cameras there were pretty, uh, in pretty poor shape. <laughs> you always see some great stories. Uh, somebody went to a place like that. It's like, yeah, I found like this like thousand dollar camera, and they sold it to me for like twenty bucks. And I'm like, I wish I was that person, but you know. Oh yeah, people post that stuff all the time. Like with like um, contacts T2s, especially they're like a point and shoot camera that are very popular because Kendall J- Jenner had one in a photo. Oh. They go for like, they're very nice. They're a very like desirable camera, but they go for like. 12 to 2000 wow fuck yeah i want one but they're too much for a point and shoot that's insane but baseline fountain was a good time yeah it was 
And so, Adam, just to like provide some feedback or provide some background, it was like I saw. So I saw the Nail and White Reaper. I think two nights before in um, it was like Oakland or Berkeley. That was it. Yeah. And um, that was a yeah pretty good size venue. You know, good crowd and all that. Um, and then the next night, I see them at Felton, and it's like the stage is about like this high off the ground and you're right up on the band it was so cool um yeah and then like white reaper came on and played too it was a really fun show but then the next night is la i think it was or maybe like two nights after yeah two nights after packed house yeah it was the terragram ballroom yeah that was fun place there must have been like two thousand people in there maybe at least something like that that's my favorite one of my favorite venues that we played in la uh and then that and like uh, when we did the Fonda Theater with Against Me, that was a really, really good time. That was funny because we went so that we were I was kind of hung over that day <laughs> in L.A. Because uh, the night before we wanted to find like a night. It's like where it's like, all right, guys, like us and White Reapers, like we'll all go out, we'll all hang out, we'll all go do something. And I was like, we have a day off in L.A. Let's go to the comedy store. And Tom Segura yeah. was headlining and stuff. So I, was like, I love Tom Segura. To so we went to that. Which was good. It was interesting, though, because we had seen... Luke and I had seen him in Toronto maybe in the summer, like in June or July. And he was still doing and working on material from that set at the store. And then that was what his most recent uh, special was. That was so funny. What was the name? Sick. Was that like, uh, was like Balls in Your Court or something like oh, that? Oh, uh, uh, shit. What was it? Ball Hog. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I love him. I actually, uh, I have a funny story about that, and actually, it'll bleed right into one of the other things I wanted to ask you about. Perfect. So, I think it was my senior year of college. I went to the University of Connecticut, and um, Tom was he was performing there. So I told all my friends, I'm like, guys, we gotta go. Like he's hilarious. They never heard him, which like blew my mind at that time. Um, it was 2017, so he was he was doing pretty well for himself, and we went, I mean, we were all like crying. I remember sweating because I was laughing so hard. Like, mm-hmm. hilarious set. It what, was amazing. What's the attendance for a show like that, like on a university campus? Uh, we did it in our theater there. So it was probably like a few hundred people, I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, it was really good. And um, after the show, my friends like went downstairs towards like the dressing room or whatever. I think they were waiting for the bathroom and he came out. So oh, they're nice. like, yo, Tom, like, what's up? They ended up inviting him out to a bar off campus that they lived nearby. And yeah. he was like, I'm down. And they hung out with Tom. And like, I think about 30 minutes into it, my friend texts me. He goes, yo, dude, you'll never believe this. We're hanging out with Tom Segura at the bar down the street from us. And I'm like, when were you going to tell me this? Like, I invited all you guys. So I get in my car. I'm like speeding down these back roads to get there. By the mm-hmm. time I get there, he's like, hey, man, he left. Sorry about that. He had to, like, get on a plane to NYC tomorrow. That's oh, like Bill shit. Murray. Bill Murray does that with NYU. He's, so Bill Murray is, like, known for going to, like, NYU house parties and just crashing them. Yeah. And, get it, it, and like, he doesn't – all he does is he hangs out, and he's just like, oh, I'm Bill Murray. And he stays all night, and then he would clean the house and leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. If you look at like, it, it's pretty funny. It's like, there's like a whole thing online. Like, yeah, Bill Murray crashed my party last night and cleaned my house. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I've seen some of those pop up, but it's like one of those things. It's like, is it real? But I yeah. 
I, I'm skeptical, but I, I would love to believe it. I, w- I just want to believe it's true. So whether it is or isn't, I, I just hope Bill Murray's out there crashing parties and cleaning houses. No, for sure. I feel you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Kyle, actually on the subject of um, UConn, University of Connecticut, you guys actually rolled through, I think, about a half a year before I discovered you guys. Yeah, I think we were there in 2015. Yeah, it was, it was 2015, 2016. You guys played... I wrote it down. The CMJ Music Marathon in the city. Uh, yeah. Well, we did like a. Oh wait. Well, where is UConn? Is it in uh, New it's Haven? It, it's in Stores, Connecticut. It's like right okay. in the middle of the state. Well, yeah, because we never played there, but we did a radio. Yeah, the radio session. show. Yeah, which I guess was on our way to CMJ. That was with uh, we were on tour with Meat Wave. Oh really? Yeah. Great man. Yeah. Oh, great band. Good dudes. But it was funny because I ended up discovering you guys like maybe a year after. But um, I'd been in that studio because my friend used to be a radio DJ there. And nice. were you at going... school at the time? What was that? Were you at the school? Like when yeah, we were on through? I was, which is funny because oh, I, I was like, man, like I could have connected. But yeah, what was it like there? Like, what was how big is, you know, I don't know if they had a different setup when I went in. Um, I don't remember too much about it. I remember it was small, but not too bad, and it was a pretty good time. But it was one of those ones because we were so small as a band at that time that I like didn't really. It's like whenever you roll into those scenarios, you're like, do these people really know who we are? Like, are they interested? Or are they just having fun? I guess it's a bit different with like a university because it's student based and and they must know you and actively seek you out if they want to <laughs> yeah. have you, but. Uh, yeah, you just never know what you're in for. I'm always ready for like the least amount of of effort, but it was a good time. So, did you have to just like carry all your shit in? Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't. <laughs> I think it was kind of a long load, but it was such such so long ago that I don't fully remember. But I think we had to bring it in like up an elevator and then lug it down some hallways. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not, that's in the um, student union, like right in the center of campus. One, they ticket like it's their job out there. <laughs> like it's it's the most fun thing to do. So yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, the logistics of that must have been a nightmare. But um, yeah, I, I ended up randomly finding the interview like last year, I think, it, or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, they were on campus at the same time I was on campus. You were there. Just two ships passing in the night. <laughs> yeah, I know. Way before I knew who these guys were. But, that's, why you go, um, that's why you go to local shows and campus shows, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, fast forward a few years later, the first time I actually ran into these guys, for everybody listening, um, I think it was like in, it must have been 2018, um, you guys were playing the Lower East Side at uh, Berlin. Yeah. That, that venue. That was two. Yeah, that was right before the record came out because we did two nights there and then we did two nights in LA. Yeah, you had released, I think, the music video for Bathe in Light like not a month or two before that. Mm-hmm. So I think the first night it was like it was weird. It was like a Wednesday Thursday night. So the first night was like pretty pretty tame. I think that was the night Ross actually cut his foot open on. Yeah, he, he stepped on jackass, glass. Dropped glass. He <laughs> has New York. He hasn't done barefoot since then. Are you serious? Yeah. That's probably oh. good, though. Yeah. yeah. He's on that kind of a stage. 
I just remember they're like, yeah, it's cool. You guys set up, like, leave your gear set up and stuff. And then we, we shut it down for that night. And we went out and had a late one. But then I realized that they just kind of closed the curtain. And we were kind of hanging out and drinking. But people kept going, like, in the curtain and touching our shit. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, get it, go away. Jesus. Like, is anybody... But it was fine. No one fucked me <laughs> up, but... That must have, yeah, that must have been the first night. And then I remember the second night was like, Luke said something and I didn't really hear it, but I was like, he said something about disco or whatever. I was like, whatever, we'll see. So show ends because you guys were headlining that one. And yeah. all of a sudden it was just like a rush to get you guys off stage. And it was like disco night. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like, uh, he must have said disco loadout, which is a. Uh... Which is a nice, uh, it's usually a thing that happens in the UK and Europe where they're like, yeah, play the show. Once you're done, get the fuck out because it's club night. Oh. And you got to load out through like people trying to get in the club. And it's <laughs> the worst. We had that happen to us. It was like a, we played a show in Brooklyn and they gave us like a matinee spot. So like we finished, like we're done loading out. And, like this other band had loaded in. And he had like, first of all, this dude came in. He had like a crazy mullet, like super hardcore mullet. He had, it was like, straight out this, of, like, like uh, Project Runway or whatever like, that show Like, is. Project Runway meets Joe Dirt. And he had, <laughs> like, a bunch backs. of, like, <laughs> he had, like, a bunch of, like, changes of clothes, and they were all, like, Articat jackets. Okay. So I was, like, I was, like, look at this guy. I'm, like, all right, I got to know what the fuck this guy is. And I went over, and I was talking to him. He's, like, yeah, I do, like, uh, EDM punk. What? Uh, yeah. And he was, like, explaining, he goes, I take, like, EDM beats, and I do, like, punk music over it. And I was, like. I don't know what to think of any of that. <laughs> so, uh, we I didn't hang around. I didn't buy books, uh, but you should have just. Uh, I was like, really, gotta know, man. I know. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I really want to know, but I was also too like, ah, it's, I gotta, I gotta go home. So there's that too. Sometimes it's not worth. Then you're like, oh, I wish I didn't see this. There was, a, there was a part of me. I was like, I'm already like two hours from home. I got to work tomorrow, and I don't want to buy tickets for this. And just realize, wow, I hate my life. <laughs> so. Exactly. I mean, you know, you guys get it. You've seen a bad bands playing in a band. But it was, it was a very, very interesting thing. It's like, yeah, you know, just, just, just punk EDM. And I was like, I don't, I don't see how that fits. But I'll have to look. I wish I remembered his name or else I would have said it because I would be like, you'll look him up because I don't know if he's good or not, but I don't remember his name. But if I just anything... thought the fact that he was crazy, like Articat jackets and a mullet. I was like, there's, and he there's could something be running. Here. He could be running Tomorrowland now for all you know. He could be Joe Exotic's son for all we know. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say, if anything, he was definitely, like, the president of EDM Punk. Like, that's just the vibe I got from him. That's it. He's the face. <laughs> but, um, Kyle, we are coming up on time, so... Oh, okay. Usually... That's fast. Yeah, we like to keep it brief, you know, for that's... everybody. Um, that's fast. Especially, like, want to be respectful of your time, but I usually like to let the, our guests, you know, just... If there's anything that you want to bring up, you know, in, in terms of like a timeline for, you know, maybe some other releases or um, obviously you have the uh, the single coming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This Wednesday, yeah. uh, June 17th. Uh, yeah. Out everywhere, streaming everywhere. Is the music video also coming out? Uh, it's not that won't be coming out, but a live video of last night us playing that will be out at the same time. And I think the video is going to be next week, maybe. And then uh, we're, we're having uh, that raffle go all month, which is uh, donations to Black Lives Matter. We might 
be adding the test presses to the Done With Drugs 7 inch to that. And we also got some minimum R&B test presses. I don't know if they're going to come up this week, but we're going to be adding them to that raffle. And that's going to the end of the month. Uh, so you can get a lot of rare stuff, old original artwork. And there's like a full 7-inch collection of every 7-inch we put out, including the whole record club, which is a lot of people ask us for copies of. But we don't have any, and this is it. I think that was the one I entered in for. I entered in, yeah, it was something for the record club, I think, uh, was the uh, raffle that I entered. Nice. That makes so. sense. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of them there. And then um, also, there is going to be more music coming. I don't know when, but uh, but I'm looking forward to the day that it comes. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. Oh, and I actually did, I just remembered, I did have another question for you regarding um, the new album that's coming up. I know it's still obviously a work in progress, but what elements are present in this album that weren't, you know, maybe present in Master Volume or in Higher Power? Like, what do you think the progression was? That's a good question. I mean, there's like, we're, we're all playing much better than we ever have before like i put a lot of practice in and, and work on my own playing and i know everybody else did too so i think it's our most confident record like master volume i think we felt pretty confident about but this is a step up i think for us in a way um it's it's like a mix of the best of those two records and then like just a few notches further down the line like a more open space like there's a lot of um like thrash metal uh influences on it we kind of try some weirder uh kind of tempo shifting things um you're talking about doom boy aren't you oh not just that one but <laughs> there's some some interesting things in there but doom boy is a very good example of that it may that might be the next single, but I don't know yet. Uh, so we might might be doing something with that. But um, yeah, I just think which is like uh, it's within our our realm of what people already know, but it's also uh, adds some things that to our repertoire and and to our music that uh, people might not know that we have in us to do. And I think it sounds like John killed it. We all did a really good job and it sounds it sounds the it's the best sounding thing that we've done yet i'm pretty confident in that yeah i was gonna say if oh, any yeah. of the songs sound like um let's see what have i heard live i heard hello jealousy i mm -hmm. heard yeah doom boy um there's the other one that you guys have done acoustically on a few of the limes live streams oh uh elvis is that one that luke's done no oh one more on the bill yeah, one more in the bill. Yeah, 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 and even like those songs, like I mean, obviously some of them you only heard acoustically, so they've changed a lot. But even Doom Boy, like we rearranged some of it just before we went in, but it's gonna be good. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it sounds already sounds like a fun record. Um, you guys have definitely not taken back any of you know the big riffs, the big sound, um, the catchiness. And I'm, I'm assuming that it's going to be more successful than Master Volume. Just putting it out there right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping so. But, yeah. Uh, I'm just happy if people are happy at the end of the day. I, 
Yeah, and it's tough, especially with the success you guys have had with Master Volume, which was, I think, wildly received to be as a you know amazing album. I've read a lot of the reviews that people put out, you know, both big and small, and I think everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, people were really kind to us about that one, and I'm curious how they will be with this one. But I think it, I think it'll be a good reception as well. Yeah, I'll see it the Junos. <laughs> yeah, well, if they ever happen again. I know, right? <laughs> well, we weren't going to go because it was too expensive, and we were just like, we're just going to go record. But uh, it was that, yeah, the weekend before we went in the studio was also supposed to be the Junos this year, which we were up for, for Master Volume. Yeah. And uh, our roommate, Brett's band, we we're against each other. <laughs> Who's Brett in now? He's in a band called uh, The Glorious Sons. He's a singer. Yes, yes. Wow, I didn't even know you guys lived together. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's moving soon. Okay. But, uh... Yeah, he's been living with us for almost a year. Yeah, they, I took a listen after hearing, like, Sawed Off Shotgun, you know, like, I took a listen to their uh, most recent album, and it's a very good rock and roll album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the best, dude. I, I like him a lot. I'm going to miss having him around. Was he the one that you guys did um, I Saw a Tiger with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Adam. I don't know if you've seen the video, but um, they, I'm gonna have they to covered, look it up after this. Yeah, they cover. It's on, uh, I think, the Nils Instagram. But they covered Joe yeah. Exotics. I saw a tiger. What a guy! <laughs> that okay. was amazing. But it's crazy Kyle, that he lost his zoo. What was oh, that? Do you see this that new Carol thing now? Oh yeah, she, 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 yeah, yeah, she. Like, no, she didn't right? buy it. The guy gave it to her. Oh, I remember that, that, that Jeff, sketchy whatever. dude. Yeah, he's like, you can just have it. I don't want it anymore. He was that bad guy, news the second he took that over. Oh, that guy yeah. was like, there's no worse people than these people. And then that guy came in. <laughs> and then you're like, what the hell? That like, There's like a part of me that's just like, you watch that whole thing. It's like, he definitely set him up like hook, line, and sinker. And Joe's eyes just like, yeah, fuck it, kill her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a dumbass. Right? Oh, man. Oh, Tiger King. Yeah, what was like the craziest part was you All thought... You'd hit the pinnacle of like this is absolute madness. Well, we're we're gonna take a one more step. Out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We were all watching it, and I just remember like that's crazy. Then we get the next episode and be like that's even crazier. <laughs> just every time they paced it well so well that like every episode you were just like, no. The craziest thing about it was too, it wasn't supposed to be anything like it was. It was supposed to be about like big cat zoos. Yeah, and then like the like producers like met these people. They're like, "Holy shit, this is not at all what we were expecting." And they're like, "We're gonna roll with this angle instead." Oh and yeah, then, like everything just unfolded that way, like via the show. It was just you really couldn't like it, it's reality TV gold that you didn't have to pay for. Exactly, like, they, these guys just lucked out. It just happened. Is Oklahoma now like a, a destination for you guys? <laughs> As a two, um, will you go to the the um, the zoo? Probably not. I know I've driven past it. Oh, really? A long time ago. Because I remember we rolled through Oklahoma City, and it's just south of there. And we played Oklahoma maybe a few times, but not very often. Yeah, is that usually probably just on like the way to Texas or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that middle section can be hard to hit. <laughs> yeah. You don't know if anybody's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely not for us. I don't know. But we've, we've done it a couple times, like Tulsa kansas city but i feel like the only real like big punk band i know out of there now is like red city radio 
It's like the only oh, yeah. big punk. They're like the only big punk band I can think of, like from that section. Right. Are they from there originally? Lips. Yeah, they're from Oklahoma City, I believe. Yeah, and then you got Flaming Lips. No, that's right. right. That's right. It's like the only guys I know. Have you ever seen them live? The Lips? Yeah. Yeah, twice. Oh, that must have been. I saw them on the Embryonic tour in Toronto. And then uh, when we were playing 7th Street Entry in Minneapolis, they were playing First Avenue. Because they, uh, they do like full album nights at First Avenue, apparently, every once in a while. Wow. So they played um, uh, Cloud's Taste Metallic, which was weird. <laughs> oh, and I, no, I didn't see them that day. Never mind. But Luke and I once yelled at Wayne Coyne when we were 16 at a festival that's no more in Toronto. <laughs> What'd you say? I don't know. We were just yelling at Wayne to come say hi to us, and he wouldn't. And then I think Luke was yelling, like, you used to be cool, Wayne. <laughs> we were, like, 16 and just being, like, idiots hanging around near the backstage trying to get people to sign our ticket. <laughs> Got Julian Castleblanks' autograph, so that was cool. Wow. I yeah, I was going to say, Paul. who did come up? Yeah, him, Muse, because we were really into Muse at the time, and now I could care less. Yeah, was that, like, what 2018 or something or uh, 2008 2016 oh wow yeah oh so, no 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 sorry 2006 2000 yeah i was gonna say like my this so was at pre, the height pre, of their... it was pre-starlight muse uh, no that record would have just come out i think yeah all right yeah, all right. yeah it was right. that album they had that yeah. like whole rebellion song what was that oh after that oh, oh. Yeah, you know, it was all like drop D, and it was like edgy. It's like they will. Yes, that was that year, and then I was like, you know what? I'm good on this band. They used to have crazy live shows. I would see like videos of it, and I was like, I gotta go see Muse. I I don't, I know one song, but I gotta go see him. Yeah, to their credit, they're a credible live band, but I don't really care for their music anymore. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what they've released since that album, if they have. Not on that same page. <laughs> Can't tell you either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Punk EDM record. Dude. There yeah, you go. You, you guys should start, some I, I think you should consider it. Um, you know, you, you're I'll, very do, I'll do it with style. Instrument of Death, my, my, my solo side project. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the vocals need to be, like, hardcore punk. You need to be streaming. I feel like that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, well, it can't just be like punk yeah, singing. It needs to be like punk screaming. Oh yeah, yeah. Ross yeah, will do it. Ross will totally do that. Yeah, Adam. Put it through auto tune. <laughs> what I did? What? Put it through yeah, auto tune. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'd kill it. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, Kyle. I, I, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm I'm so glad that we got a chance to get you. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. It's weird that you guys are the second Canadian band we've had. You know, I feel like there's a lot going on up in Hamilton right now. You know, like I've been listening to sing. Uh, I don't think they're out of uh, Hamilton, but Single Mothers. Oh yeah, they're from they're from London, but Drew lives here now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Drew was awesome. I I talked to him after the show in Brooklyn, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff coming up there, and I God, I can't wait for this next album and the single to come out. Um, it's going to be a big year for you guys. I have, a, I have a very good feeling. Despite all the you know, setbacks with like touring and whatnot, you guys have definitely made the most of it. Well, thanks. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll just have to sit, sit back and wait and see what happens. Go yeah. along for the ride. It's to be. 
Absolutely, oh, yeah. man. Well, hopefully we can keep in touch. And, you know, once everything opens up, um, yeah, I'll definitely make sure to connect with you guys if you guys play in the area again. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Aaron. Hell yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you guys having me. You be well. Yeah, you too. Stay safe, stay healthy. Yes. You too, man. You Cheers, too. brother. Cheers. Hail, hail. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya. Later, later.